Welcome to the Clear Admit MBA Admissions Podcast. I'm Graham Richmond, and this is your Wiretaps for Monday, April 18th, 2022. I'm joined by Alex Brown from Cornwall, England. Alex, how are things going? Very good. Thank you, Graham. So last week, as people are listening to this, last week we got to hang out in London. Um, and, you know, but because of that, <laughs> we had to record a little bit ahead of schedule. So I have no idea how our London week went, but we'll, we'll talk about it, I guess, next week on the show too. Um, but you know, yeah, it's, uh, I'm really at this point still looking forward to seeing you and, and yeah, it's gonna be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. No, I was wondering <laughs> how you were going to couch that Graham, but yes, we, unfortunately we try to record these, um, um podcasts, maybe one of, you know, two or three days before they go live. But obviously on this occasion, we are. I'm recording a week ahead of time. So I'm excited to see you in London, Graham, and and for the following podcast to tell everyone how much fun it was. Yeah, we'll get all the kind of London pub related news out to everybody after <laughs> after we get together. Uh, tell me a little bit about what's going on, you know, this week in MBA admissions, because we're we're kind of out of all the deadlines, right? Yeah, most of the top top schools round three deadlines have passed now. Um, so it's all about interview invites. Um, so, so last week, you know, Wharton um, ro- rolled out um, its interview invites, or at least I hope they did, because that's what they should have done. <laughs> um, and and um, and yeah, as 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 we mentioned in, on the last last week's show, the the timeline for round three is much shorter than rounds one and two. Why is that? Because you have less candidates targeting round three and so on and so forth so so this week yeah we'll hear more we'll hear more interview invites rolling out oxford side is what one one of the programs that's releasing its stage four interview invites but there's plenty of others that will be rolling out yeah but yeah and this is uh you know it's always it is interesting how fast round three goes it's also it can be merciless you know in the sense that schools are looking for something and you know at this point in the year they're often looking to fill certain gaps in the class so I think, you know, this year the numbers are down a bit. So it could, as we've been saying for the last few weeks, it could be not a bad year to be in the third round, right. but we'll see how, how the chips fall. And and the other the other side of that, Graham, is those folks that were put on the wait list in round two, um, they they will also hear sooner in terms of their, their, their status. Those round three sort of um, um, decision deadlines will, will, will be sometime um, in, you know, in the next three, four or five weeks. So, so they'll hear... hear hear more quickly. Yeah. And I think, you know, as now that all the decisions from round two are out, we'll start to really see some, you know, shifting and wait list <laughs> sourcing of candidates. So I, I think there's still a fair amount of movement to come. Uh, other than that, I did, you know, we, we have a, a few things that I wanted to point out on the website, but before I mention that, we're still running our survey. It's a, a survey that we do uh, every spring uh, of candidates, you know, so if you applied to school and are holding an offer, or if you were thinking about applying and didn't end up applying, those are the two kind of audiences that we're really curious to hear from. Uh, and so the survey can be accessed at bit.ly forward slash CA survey 2022. And that's all lowercase and it's all stuck together. So please fill out the survey. I mean, this is how uh, ClearAdmit is able to kind of gather really interesting data, share with our school partners and everything. So this kind of keeps the the machine running here at ClearAdmit. So please fill out the survey. And I did want to mention that we're giving out a $400 Amazon or Apple gift card, depending on the winner's choice. And we're also giving out a whole bunch of $20 um, Amazon cards as well. So yeah, fill out the survey, put your email in there, and you'll get uh, a chance to win one of those prizes. And then Alex, we continue to do the rewards program on the website for starred users. So as people accumulate likes, they get 
stars, you get a star at the 30 like mark, another star at the 60 and three stars, which is the top rating for a contributor on our site at the 90 likes mark. And we're going to give away, I guess, what is it? A $10 Amazon card. If you get your first star, $20 at Amazon for the second star and $50 if you manage to get three stars. And the only way to do that is to obviously offer up helpful insights and comments. As many of you listening know, you know, there are uh, a whole crop of new candidates coming through the cycle for next season. And so to the extent that those of you who have traveled through this process can offer your advice on the site by leaving comments on people's apply wire entries or anywhere really um, that can that can help and will help you earn likes. So Alex, you've been monitoring this. It seems like we've had a lot of discussion happening. Yeah, yeah, no, it's brilliant. And, and hats off to our top contributor because they are offering terrific advice. Again, some of their <laughs> thoughts and advice are on this decision wire post that we'll, we'll be discussing a little bit later um, in the show. But I'll also ask you, Graham, who is the top likes earner <laughs> on Clear Admit? Well, it's not me. I know that. And I, I, it used to be you, but I'm wondering if Elliot has passed you now. Elliot is now in front. <laughs> and that's, again, all to do with his contributions to those decision wire posts. And I say this because if, you know, if, if folks are listening, if, if you're still sort of debating um, your, your, your decisions and, and, and want, want folks to weigh in, Elliot's um, uh, very strong on, on decision wire, sort of helping folks think things through, as well as our um, top contributor um, for, from the community. So, so yeah, hats off to to both those um, folks. Brilliant. Yeah, no, very good, very good stuff. Uh, so, I will say, yeah, this is an interesting time of year in that it's one of the moments where we have current candidates who are holding offers or you know planning to head off to school, um, intersecting with the next wave of candidates. So it's a, a great opportunity to kind of interact and and for the you know for you to pay it forward, help help people out who are just beginning. So over on the website, though, Alex, we had three real humans posts uh, of alumni from top programs that I wanted to just briefly go over and encourage people to read. The first one is a woman named Ruth from Stanford. She graduated with an MBA in 2018 and with an MS in 2019. So she did kind of a dual program. And the, the piece that wasn't the MBA was in earth energy and environmental science. And she now works at Apple. Uh, she's originally from Ghana. And her role at Apple, get this, is a closed loop program manager. Do you have any idea what that is? I had to look this up because it was, but it's been, it's kind of an interesting rabbit hole that I went down, but do you know what that job entails? Please enlighten me. <laughs> so closed loop refers to a closed loop production process. So I guess in an ideal world, what Apple is saying is that for every phone they build, they're actually just, they're not, do, they're doing no mining um, of, of raw uh, materials. They basically have a recycling program in place such that all the old phones that are coming in are being harvested so that they have all the materials that are needed, whether it's lithium or, you know, they use all kinds of um, materials in these phones. But that's that's kind of the concept is to be closed loop so that your old products are coming back in or your, everything's recycled. And, uh, and so she works there doing that, which makes sense given that she did, you know, environmental science stuff. So very cool. I just, I, it's like totally a, a, an area that I knew nothing about in terms of that term. So very interesting. I'm guessing this is a reasonably new role that Apple has created yeah um, because I don't think of Apple as being an environmentally friendly um, brand quite honestly when they try to get you to get a new iPhone every year or whatever it is and just throw your old one away so yeah <laughs> fair play that they are recognizing the importance of um, closed loop 
innovation or whatever it's called. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. I think, I mean, I will say in their defense, they have closed, they've already closed the loop on all their packaging. Um, it's been a little while that they, since they've done that. And they also have had this, like they buy the phones back from you, yeah. but I agree. There is this like push to get you to upgrade. <laughs> and and you're an Apple stockholder, aren't you, Graham? That's right. Yeah. yeah full yeah. disclosure. <laughs> yeah. All right. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other thing is, uh, she left a comment about, you know, we always ask for advice from these alums who are out there in the, in the workforce. And she just said, stay true to your interests and find ways to expand on them in creative ways. You get to define your experience in business school, and there are no limits to what these two years can look like. So that was kind of a nice thing for her to say. Excellent. Yeah, very good. Um, the other one is we had a woman named Maria Fernanda Iglesias, and she's a Kellogg grad, just graduated in 21, and she is working um, at the Apollo Investment Corporation. And I guess she's doing sort of investment analysts for them, helping them to make investments or um, maybe pick uh, pick out investments for their clients in the healthcare sector. She actually went to Bocconi, which is a very well-known Italian business school uh, for her undergraduate. And then obviously, uh, well, she worked in iBanking and then went off to Kellogg. And her advice was to pick two or three things you absolutely must do before you graduate. It's really easy to get swept away with the hundreds of options and forget what those bigger picture priorities are when you have so much optionality. So that's kind of a good piece of advice too, I think. Yeah, very good, very good. And our last uh, Real Humans that we wanted to talk about is this guy named Brendan Crowley. He's a Wharton MBA from uh, class of 20. He is an investment banker over at Bank of America. And what's interesting about him is he actually spent seven years working in startups before going off to Wharton and, and pivoting his career into banking. And his advice was, Everyone's pre and post MBA journey is unique to their experience. Stay focused on your goals and your MBA will help you achieve those goals if you put in the work. So I wonder what he's kind of getting at there. It's an interesting comment, I guess. I mean, it is true. There's such a wealth of experiences coming into the classroom and such a variety of outcomes on the back end. So I guess he's just sort of referring to that. But yeah. Yeah, I, I think a lot what. What, what he, he's referring to is reasonably similar, actually, to, to the second person that you um, highlighted. So make sure you do the right things through your MBA journey, because otherwise you'll be overwhelmed with all the choice and yeah. all the other stuff that's going on. Um, and I think that's interesting. You're going from some, someone who is a serial sort of startup person wanting to do investment banking. That seems to be um, swimming against the tide a little bit yeah. um, in on, in that path. I'm I'm curious as whether the long term goal there is private equity, maybe, or some kind of investing role in in um, startups. So um, so yeah, no, sounds like three terrific um, folks. Yeah, so you can read the full profiles over on the website. Uh, other than that, before we get into our candidates, I wanted to say that uh, we <laughs> were fortunate enough. I guess people have been listening and, and heeding our calls. We got a couple of emails in, and I, I'm going to spread them out. I'll do one today, maybe one in the next episode. But we got a really nice email um, from a woman who's heading off to business school, and she just writes, Hi, Alex and Graham. For the past couple of years, I've really enjoyed the Clear Admit podcast. You even featured my profile on episode 140. Uh, answering questions and providing suggestions. This fall, I'll start my MBA at HBS, the school that wasn't even on my list until you suggested it in the episode. Thanks for your insights 
And then she says, by the way, I previously reviewed the podcast on Apple and I just rated it five stars on Spotify. So she's heard us, you know, shouting about wanting people to, to review uh, the, the show everywhere possible. So really appreciate that. I'm not going to disclose her name, but it was just so heartwarming to hear that story and to feel like we played a little bit of a, a role in where she's landed. Very cool stuff. Yeah, that's absolutely brilliant. And yeah, she would have found a way to apply to HBS, I'm sure, without us <laughs> pushing her in that direction. But yeah. I'm glad that we did push her in that direction. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, very cool stuff. Uh, so other than that, if you ever want to reach out to Alex and I, you can write us at info at clearadmit.com and just use the subject line wiretaps and we'll respond. Believe it or not, we do write back to emails that we get. So send us a note if you can. Uh, and then Alex, I guess we can get into the candidates. I did want to mention we have some events coming up in May. We've got uh, these kind of sort of application workshops that we're going to be doing. And we're, I think there are three or four of them and they're every Wednesday, basically in May. And we've got schools like Wharton and Chicago Booth, Columbia, LBS, INSEAD, Yale, Berkeley. It's actually, I think there may be 15 or so schools taking part. So that'll be a lot of fun for people to join in. Great, a great way to get the process started if you're thinking about applying in the fall. Um, but other than that, you've picked out some candidates, Alex, so I suggest we maybe move into those. Let's kick on. All right. So this is Wiretaps candidate number one. So this is an apply wire entry that we received, and it's from someone who uh, is going to be applying this summer and fall and looking to start in the fall of 23. The schools on the target list at this point are Berkeley, Dartmouth, Harvard, Michigan, MIT, Kellogg, Stanford, and Chicago. This candidate, their pre-MBA career is that they are an airline pilot in the Middle East. They've been doing that for five years. They also did uh, some mandatory military service in their country, uh, and I believe that they participated in some kind of a pilot training program, maybe uh, related to that. But in any event, they're currently an airline pilot. They would love to get into consulting or possibly manufacturing or in, in the kind of auto or aerospace um, domain. They, I, it sounds like for the short term, it really is consulting because the companies they listed were MBB, so McKinsey, Bain, and BCG. They have a 740 on the GMAT, a perfect 4.0 GPA, and seven years of work experience. This candidate is based out of Korea, and they went into kind of the whole personal story because it's a really unique one. <laughs> um, but essentially, they're currently finishing undergrad and a master's at the same time online because of kind of personal circumstances that didn't allow for them to kind of go off to college as many of our listeners normally would. Um, but Alex, I'll let you, you, you interacted with this person on the site when they posted. So tell us a little bit more and, and give us your take. Yeah, I'm not sure if they're finishing the um, their, their online academics or they have completed them. Okay. Um, I was just trying to clarify in terms of the comment. It doesn't really matter um, in either way, I don't think. Um, yeah, I love this candidate, um, you know, much like I love all our candidates, but, <laughs> um, but I mean, this, this candidate absolutely has a, a story to tell their family. Um, they lost everything through due to bankruptcy in the senior year they were in high school. Um, so they, you know, they had to step up, become an income earner and, and do some things to support family and so on and so forth. Um, and they've navigated this, I think, very successfully. Um, they, they, you know, as you, as you mentioned, they're, they're now an airline pilot and simultaneously completed online academics, um, undergraduate and graduate. Um, you know, they bolster that. I mean, the, 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 they got a 4.0, so obviously they did very well. You, you might want to um, question the rigor of, of, of online programs, but having a 740 GMAT certainly helps. 
um, in that cause. Um, they're, they're from um, um, South Korea, I think. Um, but what I also find really interesting about this candidate is that their family, you know, they're, they're missionaries in Africa. And, and this candidate sort of followed that pathway also in terms of their extracurricular activities um, and, 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 and so forth. So as, as, as I quote them, I have co-founded a remote church in Africa as a missionary bush pilot yeah. and a multicultural center helping undocumented foreigners to settle in Korea, their home country. I'm hoping to transition to... So, so, so I think that, I mean, the fact that airline pilots really interesting, but I think their extracurricular activities really helps them stand out. Their um, issue is going to be fitting in, right? So, so they're the archetypal non-traditional candidate that could really add real substance to the conversations in top tier MBA programs. So their challenge is, as any sort of um, non-traditional candidate, is to make sure they show how they will fit in, you know, make a strong case for why MBA, why the school, and, and all the sort of um, resources that they plan to, to sort of participate and so on and so forth. And their goals is, uh, you know, what did they say? I'm hoping to transition to the management side of Urban Air Mobility, UAM. So they need to explain that, Graham, because I'd never heard of that acronym. <laughs> um, I've heard of, I mean, I'm actually reading a book right now um, where, where, you know, based in the, 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 the 90s, you, you have these, you know, billionaires flying helicopters into the a landing pad on the top of a building in 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 london mm -hmm. but i'm not exactly sure that that's exactly what they're talking about here <laughs> um they're probably talking you know maybe uam refers to a more broad sort of um d development i looked it up yeah I, I looked it up and it says that it refers to existing and emerging technologies so helicopters are included as well as vertical takeoff and landing aircraft yeah um and and other all kinds of yeah so unmanned aerial vehicles there's all kinds of stuff that falls into this domain but you're right they're going to need to explain because i you know i didn't i wasn't familiar with that with that term at all hence so. hence why <laughs> hence why you had to look it up and right. what you don't want to do is have Adcom need to look something up because yeah. they're really, really busy. So yeah. I guess my point is there's, a, there's, there's three potential issues here for a candidate that should be targeting the very best programs. On the one hand, making sure that they show that there's academic rigor in terms of what they've done academically. And again, the 740 GMAT helps in that regard. Yeah. Secondly, making sure they show fit for each of the programs that they're applying, because as a non-traditional candidate, that's what you're gonna to need to do. And thirdly, just make sure that we understand what, what this goal truly means. Yeah. But yeah, I think a really interesting candidate, Graham. Yeah, and I think the best way to demonstrate the rigor, you're right, the GMAT score helps. And you know, ideally the transcripts have uh, coursework that you know is, is gonna be viewed as sort of MBA applicable or you know good foundational stuff. Yeah. The other thing I wanted to mention is that they refer to this uh, activity that they do, as you mentioned, as Bush, uh, they're a Bush pilot. And I didn't know what that was either. <laughs> so I had to look that up. And that is, you know, refers to people who, um, 
I guess, you know, people who fly, a pilot who flies a small plane into remote areas. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's the best way to think yeah. of it. So in any event, again, I just want to make sure, I'm mentioning that because I want to make sure that they really spell these things out for the admissions reader who may or may not, you know, know what that is. So I'm surprised you not heard a bush pilot, Graham. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I just, <laughs> um, maybe it's like a British thing. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, well, we'll, we'll, I think it's Australia. Yeah, I think okay. of the out in the bush, uh, the bush is yeah. out in the wild, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I think of that related to Australia. Yeah. Not necessarily other regions of the world but yeah yeah got fantastic it. so yeah. very interesting candidate wish them the best of luck i'm glad that they shared their profile so that we could weigh in it's not every you know it's not so often that you see a candidate that's this kind of um non-traditional exactly you know, really it's very interesting so best of luck to them hopefully they'll keep us posted let's move on and talk about wiretaps candidate number two who is not a non-traditional candidate no <laughs> So this is an apply wire entry that we received, and this person is also going to be applying, you know, over the summer and looking to start in fall 23. They've got Columbia, Duke, Harvard, LBS, Michigan, Kellogg, Chicago, and Wharton on the target list. They have been working and consulting at uh, one of the MBB uh, firms, if memory serves, and they are looking to get into, to, to stay in consulting. They listed MBB and they added Carney to the list as well. Uh, GMAT score 740, uh, GPA a 7.85 out of 10. That's a GPA that is out of India. They have a bachelor in commerce uh, from what they say is one of the top commerce colleges in India. They have been working for four years and would love to relocate. So they're in India and they would love to land in the US or Europe after business school. They have a host of outside activities and, and involvements. And I asked them if they're able to return to MBB after, the, uh, after doing their MBA. And they said that that discussion doesn't usually happen with the firm until they've got an offer in hand. So, um, but they, it sounds like they're open to, to doing that. So Alex, what do you make of this candidacy? Because as you said, Certainly overrepresented, Indian male, good numbers, uh, working at a good firm. But again, there are plenty of those in the pool. So what, what's your take? Yeah, so we have gone to the other end of the sort of spectrum, as it were, in terms of um, non-traditional versus traditional. So, so, so this candidate would fit into that overrepresented bucket. So that means they really need to target the first rounds um, to maximize their particular opportunity. Um, and uh, top tier programs. So, so making sure that that's very, very clear. Round two will put them in jeopardy. Now, having said that, that it seems to me their profile is super strong, Graham. Yes. Um, you know, again, from a number standpoint, that look that's very solid um, to to positive for a for for an overrepresented um, candidate. Seven forty G match seven eight five. Um, and, and GPA on, on a scale of 10, um, and so on and so forth. Um, assuming, and, and I think as a senior associate, it's a correct assumption that their work is all front office um, at MBB. Obviously, that signals to me that where they graduated from was a very good school. They recruited into MBB. That's got to be very good. And their performance um, in MBB, so that's McKinsey, Bain, and BCG, Looks like it's been outstanding, and I do like the fact that they've now taken a six-month um, 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 holiday—it's not a holiday, whatever you call it—to um, to do some sort of 
and you know work directly for a, they call it a cook stove manufacturer in in, in Africa. Is it a secondment? Yes, yeah, secondment. That's yeah. what I'm looking for, and and and, and so forth. So I, I think that's really a, a good feather in their cap. You know, they do good EC. Frankly, Graham, this is a very strong candidate. Just at the other end of the spectrum, in terms of they're overrepresented, they're not non-traditional. So because of that, they've got to really target round one, show their impact at work, and and make sure that their goals are absolutely make sense and are clear. Their their long-term goal is in the clean energy space, so uh, clean tech space. So you know what they've done along the way that sort of has helped foment that goal. Um, but yeah, I think a very strong candidate, Graham. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this person needs to target the very types of schools they have on their list. They need to apply in round one. And the only thing that I, and I hate to nitpick, because I, I think they have a ton of stuff that they can point to that's going to make them highly qualified. And, and I would be shocked if they don't you know, end up at an M7 type program. But uh, they did mention that they do freelance. They serve as a freelance advisor for a boutique social media marketing company. And that was just tucked in among an, a whole host of other activities that I found to be more compelling. This one, it sounds like they're helping out a for-profit business, which is great and probably um, is, is really interesting work, you know, kind of work exposure for them. But in terms of like listing it as an extracurricular, I was a little more wary because it's not, it's not, volu- it's, it's volunteer, but it's for a for-profit. It's not, I don't really see how it relates to their kind of career path or goals necessarily. And so I was just kind of trying to suggest in my comments on the website that they may want to not play that one, that hand so um, prominently. Like I think they have some other things on their list that are just far more compelling and interesting. You know, they've been teaching it as a volunteer at summer camps. They're they're working for an African NGO. I mean, they have a, a whole bunch <laughs> of other things that they do. And so I just wanted to make sure that they didn't overemphasize that one because I didn't seem to fit with me and it's not really volunteer work per se in the way that we think of it. So, but otherwise, no, I absolutely feel like this person's going to go to a top program and they just need to execute and execute early. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. And to your point with these ECs, the, the beauty of the other ECs is it really shows how well-rounded this candidate is. Um, rather than the for-profit EC, which again, they, they've obviously been given some terrific advice and, and so on and so forth. But, you know, they're, they're an MBB consultant. They should be able to do that stuff in their sleep. Yeah, and I feel like we don't need... It's like the MBB post alone tells us that they have that skill set. So yeah, exactly. they can focus on activities that will push other skills that they have. Um, but in any event, great candidacy, apply in round one. <laughs> That's my only uh, main thing. Yeah. All right, so let's um, let's move on and get to our final candidate for this week. And this is Wiretap's candidate number three. So this is a decision wire entry that we received. This candidate uh, applied to Rochester, UNC Keenan Flagler, UT Austin McCombs, and UVA Darden. And they were accepted across the board, which I'm sure you're going to have something to say about, about that, Alex, when someone runs the table. Uh, and they actually got money too. So they were offered uh, $60,000 at Rochester, $100,000 at UNC. UT Austin came in with 50 k and Darden didn't offer them uh, any money. Uh, they haven't decided where they want to go, which is why we're sharing this post on the show. They are starting school this fall, so they got to figure this out soon, and they want to work in consulting. They, For those of you kind of keeping score at home, their GRE was a 3.27, and their GPA was a 3.7. This candidate is international. They actually type out in the notes here that they are Indian and that they've been having a difficult time figuring out the best ways to compare these offers without too much bias 
They would really appreciate any advice. And they mentioned that they've been working pre-MBA in kind of software product development in the automotive industry, and that they would love to become a product manager within tech or tech consulting. So that's kind of the lay of the land. What's your take on this? And, and maybe share, I know there's a lot of conversation happening on this post on the website too. Yeah, again, um, thanks to our, um, um, our main contributor, um, Anon One. Um, what is it? One one zero six four six, um, four, yeah. six who has four hundred and seventy eight likes, Graham. They're catching up with you. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I mean, this is a very typical um, dilemma, right? You've got a Darden is in a particular tier with no um, financial money. And then you've got uh, Keenan Flagler and McCombs are in the next tier. And Keenan Flagler is offering um, double what McCombs is offering then Simon would arguably be in the next tier and they're offering equivalent to, to McComb. So in that case, maybe we can eliminate Simon from the conversation. Yeah. Um, and, and basically weigh Darden versus Keenan Flagler and, and McCombs. Um, Darden is outstanding consulting. They provide, you know, they, they use the case study method. They, they've got a strong um, history with consulting and so on and so forth. So if they were seeking pure consulting and only consulting, I think you can make a strong case for Darden in this case. But because they're sort of looking at sort of potentially tech consulting or tech PM, uh, maybe that brings a stronger case for McCombs um, in terms of tech and what's going on down in, in you know, in, in their region. Um, but Keenan Flagler are also at double the money, 100,000. Um, is is very viable, I think, um, in in this case. So, um, so so yeah. I mean, I don't really think that it's an easy um, dilemma. That again, there's lots of interesting back and forth on on decision wire for folks that want to get into the nuance and the nitty gritty. Um, but um, but um, but yeah, depending on their tolerance for debt. Uh, it's probably Darden versus Keenan Flagler. Um, I know you you favour Keenan Flagler with the hundred thousand, um, <laughs> and and yeah, the fact if they did go across the board, um, maybe there's a couple of a, a couple of schools they didn't get admitted to, they didn't post in in this um, um, entry. But if they did go across the board, you could argue maybe they should have applied to one or two more. Um, um, schools in a higher tier. But the fact that they didn't get any money at Darden might signal that that wouldn't have yielded um, too, too much anyway. But yeah, they've done very well. Darden, no money in the highest tier versus Keenan Flagler and, and McCombs um, with money. That, yeah, that's what that's the decision. Yeah, I you know it's funny. I, before we sort of uh, press record on the show, you and I were talking about this one, and I, I, I sort of was res. I guess I, I was picking up on some of the comments from the candidate who's been accepted to these schools, and it seemed like there was a little bit of concern about, uh, you know, the the financing. And I understand that. You know, if you're an Indian candidate, you might be returning to India at some point where well, you're not going to earn nearly as much. And so I think there's a understandable uh, hesitancy around cost. Yeah. So, I, you know, obviously if this person said, oh, I'm, I'm rolling in it, I don't really care, money, no object, then I would say, well, Darden's the top-ranked school, also very good at preparing for both consulting and, and I would argue even PM jobs too in tech. Like they, they could land very clearly on their feet out of Darden. With that said... You know, Keenan Flagler is the sort of the darling of recruiters. We always hear how recruiters love Keenan Flagler grads. I think it was the Wall Street Journal used to do a ranking that was kind of based very heavily around 
just that uh, kind of aspect. And so we would see schools like Keenan Flagler and Carnegie Mellon get these really high marks for one reason or another. And remember, Keenan Flagler has these tracks within the degree so that are very much um, functionally oriented. So instead of like majoring in finance, they, they literally have these majors like, oh, you know, strategy consulting or where you take a set of courses that are really designed to prepare you for that career. So I, I, I've always liked that about them. Mm. I also think that, you know, their proximity to Fuqua and Duke means that when recruiters come to one, they almost invariably go to the other. So there's a good uh, flow of traffic. And then you've got the kind of research triangle down there with lots of tech stuff happening. So I don't know. I, I sort of, they could go to UT Austin McCombs and try to negotiate, but I have a feeling that they're never going to match that 100,000 from UNC. So I kind of would say it's a wash between those two. And I would argue that they... It, they say they have no regional preference, but it'd be good if they did, because that would, that would make it a lot easier in terms of thinking this through. But I would uh, I would argue Keenan Flagler would give them a bit more flexibility yes. in terms of geography. Oh, absolutely. That's where I was going. Yeah. McCombs is going to be highly concentrated in the Southwest. But yeah, absolutely. And that's where I was going. If they were to say, yeah, I don't know if I want to be in Texas or the Southwest for the rest of my days or, you know, for the, for a lot of my career or something, then I would say, well, then yeah, Keenan Flagler is your best bet. It's a shame. They probably can't go and visit these places because I think they would get a, a good experience doing that as well. Yeah. Both, you know, all these schools have great campuses, Darden, uh, Keenan Flagler and McCombs. So they can't go wrong there, but yeah, they're just different, different programs. And I, again, I would not fault them if they ended up at Keenan Flagler over Darden. I understand Darden's obviously the higher ranked school and, and probably gives them a better chance of landing an MBB job, but you know, there's a cost to it, you know, they, so, so that's, that's for them to decide, but I think it does come down to cost for this person. It feels, feels like that's important to them. So yeah, their risk tolerance, yeah. Their, their ability to take on debt. And obviously for some folks, that's not a problem for other folks. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, it's extremely understandable. So, yeah, totally. um, so, you know, even if, you know, Darden gives them better access to MBB coming out, if they come from a, an environment of, of less means, it's, it's, it's a huge ask to go to Darden without any, any support. Yeah. And they may, you know, obviously there are other consulting firms out there. I know it's, it's like, I kind of sometimes feel like when people talk about MBB, it's like if we were to talk about business schools and only talk about Harvard, Stanford, and Wharton. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, there's Deloitte, there's Carney. I mean, there's a whole handful of great consulting firms out there. Yeah. And so, yeah, th this person could land at any one of those too, but in any event, yeah, I wanted to thank them for sharing. And I know there's been some good back and forth from you, from, you know, our, our famed triple star <laughs> contributor, that's always helping out. So very good to see. And yeah, Alex, I guess any other comments on this one? No, absolutely. Fantastic. <laughs> Best of luck to them for, make, for making their final decision. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for picking these out, Alex. And I want to remind everyone, please, you know, mention this podcast to friends, family, anyone that you think might be interested. And don't forget to rate and review us wherever you listen. Alex, we'll do this all over again in about a week's time, right? Very good. Stay safe, everyone. Good luck.